Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of Pasha. My name is Inas Kosana. And I'm Gottfried Boafo. Thank you for joining us. Today, we look at how, if cases of COVID-19 in South Africa continue to rise, health professionals may eventually get to a stage where they have to make ethical decisions based on scarce resources when it comes to treating patients. To shed some light on this, we have Kevin Behrens, Director and Head of Discipline of Bioethics at the Steve Biko Center for Bioethics at the School of Clinical Medicine, Wits University in South Africa. He starts off by telling us what sort of resources are in question. So what we know about this disease is that most people experience fairly mild symptoms, but a small percentage will become seriously ill enough to require hospitalization, and perhaps around 5% uh, would need critical care. So the biggest worry is that a point will come at the peak of the local epidemic uh, when we will not have enough ICU beds and ventilators to provide critical care to anywhere near the number of patients who will need it. And obviously the capacity to provide critical care is not only determined by how much equipment is available, it's also a function of how many trained respiratory therapists we have and how many critical care nurses and other specialists are available. So if we reach the point at which demand for critical care exceeds the country's capacity to provide this kind of treatment, healthcare teams are going to have to make quite difficult and tragic decisions about which patients to treat. Another serious rationing issue relates to future newly discovered curative treatments or vaccines. Kevin went on to say that if it is found that some medical treatments are safe and effective in preventing patients from experiencing the most serious forms of illness, or should an effective vaccine be developed, it's expected that demand for these treatments will exceed production capacity and choices will need to be made on who gets treatment first. If initially there are small doses of a vaccine, it is important knowing who to prioritize, healthcare workers or people who are at risk of becoming seriously ill. In general, private sector resources are much better compared to public. How does South Africa balance this? We all know that the South African health system is characterized by enormous discrepancies between the resources available to patients who can afford private healthcare and those available to the vast majority of the population who have to rely on the public healthcare system. It's a fact that at the very start of this pandemic, the private healthcare sector had far more ICU beds, ventilators and critical care practitioners than the public sector. And these would ordinarily only be available to roughly 15% of the population. Normally, if we were to adopt a business as usual approach, most of the available resources would be going to the care of just 15% of our people, and we would lose many lives that could have been saved if we were able to share resources across the sectors. It is ethically necessary that there has to be massive cooperation between the private and the public sectors in response to this pandemic. It seems fortunately so far that such cooperation is occurring um, and that resources will be shared uh, in the interests of saving lives and treating the severely ill. Do you think South Africa will run short of ICU beds and ventilators if cases continue to increase? Does this mean that some patients may be prioritized over others? Who decides on this and what do they base it on? So it appears that South Africa's done quite well I mean, in effecting plans to increase the number of ICU beds and ventilators available. And this week we've just had news that Cuban-trained health practitioners have been brought in to assist and this will increase our capacity. But even though all of these measures help to increase our capacity to treat these very ill patients, 
it's very likely that at the height of the pandemic, we could still reach a point at which the need for critical care will exceed the available capacity. Um, and this is based on our current understanding of how the coronavirus spreads and on epidemiological modelling. So if we do reach this point, then clearly some patients will need to be prioritised over others. And since we can anticipate this could well end up happening, it's important that we are prepared to manage these difficult rationing decisions when they need to happen. It's crucial that we have clear rules in place to know how to tri triage patients and how to allocate treatment um, when these resources become scarce. And it's really important that we realize that this sort of, of decision-making can result in enormous distress uh, to practitioners. So we have to be careful to ensure that these sorts of decisions aren't made haphazardly or they aren't made inconsistently, um, and so there need to be clear rules in place. It's also, where at all possible, important to be sure that the decisions about who gets treated are made by a team of experts that are set aside specifically for this purpose. Kevin noted that there is no consensus on what's right in these cases. There is agreement on basic principles like maximizing the benefits of the treatments that are available. Most people agree that rationing decisions should be made on trying to save the most lives and, where possible, try to ensure those whose lives are saved have a quality of life after treatment. This entails prioritizing patients with the best chance of survival. And this would mean that all other things being equal, a patient who has major existing illnesses or comorbidities, that patient should give way to a patient without these comorbidities. In other words, I think the situation is one in which we should uh, ration resources in such a way that we treat those who are most likely to benefit from treatment. Another principle I think many bioethicists do agree on is that healthcare workers who are directly involved in the treatment of COVID-19 should be prioritised for critical care treatment, that they should also be prioritised should any curative treatment or vaccine become available. Um, and this is not because they are more worthy than anyone else, uh, but rather it's because they are of their instrumental value in, in fighting the pandemic and in treating future patients. Joining us now is Christopher Wareham, a senior lecturer at the Steve Biko Centre for Bioethics at Vets University. Chris is here to address whether it be ethically justified to use age as a criterion in rationing scarce medical resources in the COVID crisis. I think the, the first thing is to, to emphasise, as, as Kevin did, how it important it is to have some explicit, transparent criteria that have been thought through in advance. And I think this is, this is particularly important regarding the use of age. Uh, age is, is often this kind of uh, background or tacit criterion uh, it's unspoken when, when allocating scarce resources. And unfortunately, because it, it tends to be tacit, it tends to be used very uncritically. And this is, this is deeply problematic for a number of reasons, uh, not least that it means that some very deep-seated and false assumptions that people have about, about older people are being used to make life and death decisions. Older people are often stereotyped as being a kind of unproductive burden and living, they live lives that are unhappy and filled with su suffering. And these stereotypes are false uh, and empirically false, but, but discrimination against the elderly tends to be tolerated and it also tends to be endorsed, publicly endorsed, in ways that would simply not be permitted against any other group. It's also sadly true that, that there, are, there are racial differences 
in life expectancy. So race discrimination of a ventilator would clearly be unacceptable. So we need to question why we would accept age discrimination when we wouldn't accept racial discrimination. So my view, uh, in short, is that age discrimination is, is very seldom justified, and it's certainly not justified as a, as a general policy. Whatever principles we, we use need to be very, very explicit, very well thought through. One point that I think it is probably important to make with with respect to age is is the the kind of contextual reality that we we have in in South Africa um given massive youth unemployment uh that many families are are heavily economically dependent on the elderly and finally should treatment for other diseases take a backseat to patients with covid-19 so in my view absolutely not um we already have a high burden of disease in South Africa um and it's clear that there're going to continue to be many patients who will face serious and life-threatening conditions that are not related to the coronavirus um and they have exactly the same rights to fairness and to access to treatment as covid-19 patients do so it's clearly acceptable to delay non-urgent and non-critical procedures um in order to prioritize critical patients but other than that there should not be any difference in allocating scarce resources to covid-19 patients and to patients with other serious conditions many ethical decisions will need to be made as patients seek treatment for covid-19 many of these decisions are tough and challenging for all of those involved thanks for tuning into this episode produced by Ozea Patel from me Inas Kosana and from me Gottfried Boafo bye for now